Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of This Go Bro Show. This is your, I guess I should say, host, co-editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, Dave Schofield, with me as always, in our nice somber mood, is my big brother, Rich. Rich. How are you this evening? Doing okay. I thought I would just take a moment here and oh, yeah. Oh, panic, panic, panic. Yeah, that's funny. I, I wanted to what the station is doing right now. Yeah, the panic button. Most people, if they if they weren't on the panic button before Monday night, they're on the panic button now. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We we wanted to start it off with a nice, quiet, somber note. We wanted to do our best Mike Tomlin impersonation. Um, because that, you know, that's kind of it, it's to a point right now where you're like, what? <laughs> what? What? I mean, I just don't know what 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 to think anymore. Because Steeler fans, here we go. You don't expect the team to react the same way as the fan base. Correct. What was our show last week? That this didn't have anything to do with the Bengals. It was about the Steelers. And we talked about how Coach Tom didn't even highlight any of the Bengals. They kept the focus on the Steelers and what they needed to do. Um, I don't know. Did did you read the, the staff predictions article? I know you, you put oh, yours in there. The question is if you yes. read it after you made yours because there was another one added later. Um, yes. by one deputy editor, Michael Beck. I don't know if Jeff changed it or not, but I read it before. No, it Jeff was just, a, it was just said, I think 
he said two words. I think it was. It was three words. It was the Bengals stink, and I think yeah. he said thirty-seven to nothing was his prediction. But that's how we, as the fan base, that's how we all felt going into this game. It wasn't about the Bengals. It was about the Steelers. I mean, they were on their third quarterback. Their running back was out. The only semblance of an offense or anything that they had the last time the Steelers played them was Joe Burrow, and he's done for the season. So it was just like, eh. You know, this is more about the Steelers doing their thing. Well, if they took that attitude, that was definitely the wrong way to go. You have to admit that it was this Bengals team was fired up and ready to play. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would say they weren't ready for it, but I I can't say that. I I just want to say, I think Ben Roethlisberger wasn't ready for it. I don't, I'm sorry to lay this on the feet of the Steelers franchise, future Hall of Fame quarterback, but my goodness, when you really go back and look at it and break it down, there are still so many things that could have gone right for this team. They probably, you know, probably not going to cover, but they would have at least won the game. But ouch. I mean, I, I think I had to adjust it because um, I had tweeted it out. I mentioned this in the postgame show that I had tweeted it out at halftime. Um, what Ben had done, you know, in the first half and here they had their stats wrong for that fumble by Juju. And then they took away 10 more yards from him. He had like, he had what, 19 yards passing in the first half. Then he had a 12 yard sack. So it was seven net yards passing in the half. It was just, oi, Rich, your turn. That was one of the worst halves of offensive football I have seen from the Steelers. And that is a big deal. Why? Because you You don't remember. You don't remember as much, but I remember the games in the 80s. I had to live through Cliff Stout, Mark Malone, Bobby Brister. And Malone was notorious for putting up halves of foot, you know, at least a half, sometimes whole games that looked like that the other night. The only reason this could, could maybe be worse is because the Steelers right now, there's just, they have a future Hall of Fame quarterback. They have talented players in the skill positions way more than the Steelers had offensively in the 80s. I mean, the 80s was receivers wise, you got a little bit of the tail end of John Stallworth's career and Lewis Lips. I feel so bad for Lewis Lips. That guy was a fantastic receiver, and he played on horrible, horrible Steeler teams. Yes, he did. You know, um, it it was rough to watch the other night. Kyle um, got up, and when Ben threw the interception, Kyle got up and said, I've seen enough. I'm going to bed. You know, he, he's right he, around when I got a, a text from our sister. Oh, said, by the way, which which I called her out on that today and told her that you busted on her during the after, yeah. the, the after game show. Yeah, and, I'm and, like, but she was right. I couldn't turn it off. I needed to keep doing my thing. And then I'm like, Derek, same here. I'm right. right the injury. Nah. Oh, uh, I wanted to go to bed at the same time Kyle did. I wanted to go to bed at the same time Kyle did, but was like, nope, I got a right knee jerk. So I kept on it and ugh, just that 
that was just downright ugly offensive football in the first half for the Steelers. Yeah. And I mean, we'll 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 spend ten, plenty of time talking about Ben Roethlisberger here, but I at least want to mention the topic of the show. And that is was this game on Monday night, this loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, was it the worst loss in Pittsburgh Steelers history? Now you're probably saying, well, well, it, you know, it's one loss. You know, they're eleven and three. I have my numbers behind it, so this is a question we're going to think about. We're going to dwell on a little bit, and then we're going to break it down a little bit more. But uh, let's let's not go all doom and gloom. No. I want you to give me one good thing you saw out of this game Monday night. I'm going to force you to be positive because I had to force myself to. Do oh, it. there's there's a couple of places to be yeah. very positive. Okay, first of all, Benny Snell had a decent game running the football. Yes, he did. What I saw from Benny Snell and why I think he had a decent game was he he was there to play. He was running the football with heart. He was bringing the pain to people trying to tackle him. He was refusing to stop and getting every inch he could get. That guy would have loved it to have been over 100 yards just so I could celebrate it even more. Mm -hmm. But that guy came and showed a lot of heart and played really hard the other night. I got to give him props. Yes. And you'll be getting a breakdown, if not tomorrow. I've already done the stats part. Jeffrey's going to be doing the film part. Your Steelers vertex. um, It kind of all depends on when it comes together and what our schedule looks like, whether or not to – you know, it'll be tomorrow or, or or on what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday or it'll be Thursday. My goodness, I don't even know what day it is. Um well, when we quit, well, we haven't played on a Sunday for how long? <laughs> well, we well, the Steelers played Sunday night last week, so that was yeah, that but was even different. that throws me off, but yeah, I was throwing off so bad that it was yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but the our, what the vertex is going to be about was the running game mm. and was this at least a glimpse into something that could be a bit of a running game? Now, you brought up a, 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 a – it wasn't a super chat. It was just a regular comment, uh, and I didn't get to see it. Sorry, it was – oh, sorry. Oh, I was about – Jay Bradford said, I thought Steeler fans weren't allowed to mention the name Mark Malone. Uh, well, well, I, I, I earlier I saw someone say, hey, don't bring up Bubby. bring Mark Malone up in a negative context. Yes. And talking about some of the worst play I've seen for the Steelers, I have saw some pretty bad games from Mark Malone. But those were also some pretty bad Steeler teams as well. And that's why I liked your title for the show. Was this the worst loss in Steelers history or whatever? Because I've seen Mm -hmm. seen other Steeler games haven't watched through the 80s. I have seen other really, really bad Steelers games. But those were from really bad Steelers teams like a game like that doesn't surprise you from a team that finishes the season six and 10. Yes. That game surprises you. You know, what we saw last night surprises me from a team coming into that game at 11 and two. Yes. Yes. And And that's that's why we're going to break that down here. That's why it was so terrible. Now, a couple things about the running game that you that if you if you read the vertex article, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a preview. 
Um, and someone brought it up in the live chat. I think it was the same person who brought their comment before. They didn't, they didn't even try to get the running game going early. Yeah. Do you realize that yeah. in the first quarter, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had six offensive drives, mm -hmm. one of which ended on the first one that was a fumble. Technically, they call that a running play. I'm throwing it out as a running play. If you don't count that as a running play, in those six offensive drives, do you know how many rushing attempts the Steelers had in the first quarter? Not many. Two. I thought. One of which was McFarland. Yes. Well, was it McFarland or, or it was not Benny Snell? The, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no, the first, the first, McFarland, McFarland got a carry pretty early on. Yeah. Like yeah. second, like second. Five, and it was his only carry, one, one rush for yeah. five yards. Um, they had seven rushing yards in the first quarter on two attempts. They were, the Steelers were already down 10 to nothing before they had their third rushing attempt of the game. Now it's funny in a normal circumstance where you're like, the Steelers can't run the ball. Why are even, why are we wasting downs with them running the ball? You've at least got to give it a shot and they didn't give it a shot till later. So Jeffrey's going to break down the film to say, did, was there more success running the ball simply because the Steelers were down by so much and they were willing to give up the run? Were they doing other things differently? Or was it just Benny Snell going out there to play hard? I'm kind of waiting to see exactly. When I set Jeffrey up with these, you guys would love how we do these Vertex articles. We come up with an idea. I tell him, hey, give me an idea of what you want to do film-wise, and I'll do the stats. So then he gives me the idea. I do the stats. He takes the stats to see where it makes sense. He doesn't know. We don't know what our point's going to be until we're both done. Like, I have no idea what it's going to, what, what the point's going to be until I see what Jeffrey does. And when he starts, he doesn't know what it's going to be until after we get there. It's, it's really great. It's a lot of fun. We let it go where the information takes us. Yeah. So, well, here's the one. You're, you're, talking about, you're, talking no, you're talking about your guys. You know what? I'll hold off because I want to talk about a little bit more because Jeffrey's article today that was breaking down Ben Roethlisberger in the game last night. I want to talk a little more about that. If you haven't read that article from Jeffrey, go look at it. He he picked actually a couple of the plays he picked were plays I actually noticed watching the game and I thought was very interesting because it was show, showing some stuff and we'll get into that more later. Yeah. But another thing that was that was really interesting, the Steelers, if you count the kneel down at the end, they had 15 drives. 15 drives. Yeah, don't count that at the end. Just call it 14. We'll call it 14. On 14 drives, only three drives had more than one rushing attempt. I think there was, if you count the kneel down, well, no, because that would count as a rushing attempt. You know, that you take that. I think there was five drives that didn't even have a rushing attempt. Yeah. So kind of crazy stuff that they that even though it seemed like they got the run game going, they weren't using it. And what was even worse is they were in a situation, they got themselves in a situation where it would have been great to have a good running game going for them in a lot of these other games, and they didn't. They were in a situation where a good running game didn't help them. I mean, they scored right. their last touchdown and they were using the run, but and along with the short passes, and it was working, and they and they got into the touchdown zone. Shout out to Brian Anthony Davis. But it took more than half of the time that was left in the game in the fourth quarter when, when they did that. So it was one of those things. And now, and another thing to turn around, the defense. And people are like, oh, the defense. They gave up one drive 
that went over 40 yards. One drive the entire game that won over 40 yards. They gave up. J.R. Bradford's bringing it tonight. Like, I keep putting mm-hmm. his stuff up here. Did we, he said, I don't even think we got first down two. first half. Two. Correct. It was two. And it was, they two. were both on the same drive that ended with the Ben Roethlisberger interception. Correct. That's the only first downs that they got in the first half. Which got run back far enough, and then the Chukes the core for penalty, so that even that drive that ended yeah. up in a touchdown was only 20. There was a tw- I, th- I think it was a 24 yard Four. drive. Yeah. It was less than 25. They were then, inside. Then it was like a 30, 38. Yeah, I, I, I was running those numbers earlier, but I've run so many numbers today. They're jumbling together in my head. So that's what was going on. The defense, I mean, and 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 Jeffrey was, will probably also break this down at some point. One of the things that he, he mentioned to the staff last night in our Slack channel during the game was this defense is doing all of this trying to completely cover for not having inside linebackers. I know. I mean, he's like, they're, they are missing their inside linebackers so bad. And it and it was very apparent on the one long drive. Um, because the other thing that was crazy about, about last night, the Bengals did not have a pass attempt in the fourth quarter. Yes, I knew that too. They completed a pass for 10 yards to A.J. Green right before the end of the third quarter. That was the one where Marcus Allen got hurt. Because Jeffrey had to ask me this today. He's like, he's doing the snap counts article. He said, wait a second, Marcus Allen got hurt. How could he play 100% of the snaps on defense? Well, he got hurt. The next play, TJ Watt jumps offside. And I want to bring up something about that real quick um, after, after this. He jumps offside. The clock's still running. They get to the end of the quarter without running yes. another play. He gets to come back in. So he Correct. didn't miss the play. And they never passed the ball again the rest of the game now there was a question that was brought up um i can answer it now or maybe i should save it for stat geek now go ahead and answer it now is there say why do they and i might do this on stat geek do too who knows um why do they sometimes blow them dead and sometimes they don't you have an answer for Uh that defensive you'll probably give me one and then i'll give you the other one okay so you know, we saw the one where what's the whatever the name of the guy of you know, um, doesn't matter, <laughs> uh, whatever the quarterback for them got bad because you know they threw the flag, he wanted the free play, okay? But you couldn't run the free play, why? Because after and it may have been the TJ Watt one, it was it where you know TJ Watt jumps in and is jumping back, but his guy doesn't just point at TJ Watt, he he brings up his. Yep. His he moves. He moves. So at that point in time, they have to blow it down. I was trying to explain this on Twitter last night. I thought you were going to do the one that most people realize, and that is that if they're unabated to the quarterback, but they're going to get a free shot, they blow it yeah. dead. They're not going to let that happen. That's what most people realize. But they're like, oh, why didn't you get the free play? Sometimes Ben doesn't get the free play. It's because sure. if the defense comes across, the defense also has time to get back before the snap. If That's why offensive linemen are are trained to react to it because if they react, that that kills the play, and it's on the defense. Correct. So if the if the offensive tackle would not have moved, or, and it wasn't a lot early, it was barely early, but he moved early. But the reason, but it's not called on him because the reason he moved was because of the defense. So Correct. if it's 
and you can't you can't let that play go because the offensive tackle moved early. Unless you're the the at the time, I think it was still San Diego Chargers um, in 2018 playing the Steelers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, and honestly, if you you you've, you've seen that a lot this year, and they you have seen a lot this year. They're letting they're letting the tackles. They are letting the tackles move a fraction early, a yep. lot, and it bothers me because they're because it's it's technically. Yeah. An illegal move that they're allowing to happen because it gives the offensive an advantage, and we all know that the NFL wants more points. Yeah, so that's that's what they've been. It's frustrating, and honestly, holding. We know that hold. You're yes. like, it's not that they don't. They're like, well, I've heard some holding, holding calls. Look at when they're calling holding. They are calling offensive holding on run plays. Or they don't, or if, the, or if the quarterback scrambles, those are the yeah. two biggest times they call holding. If the pocket holds up for the quarterback, even if he steps forward in the pocket, hold all you want, doesn't matter. There was one play where TJ Watt was literally picked up and thrown down, and it was not called a hold. Oh, and that play was early on in the game. I saw Stefan to it. The pass got away, and he turns at the ref and is just going off because he was blatantly held, and they just didn't call it. They, because they want to see those quarterbacks being able to sit in there and do what they want to do and giving you all this offense. They don't care if the linemen have to hold the defenders in order because they don't want to see sacks. They want to see completions. That's what the NFL wants. Anyway. I so, don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. Okay. And, 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 of course, every – I, I worry that – I hope it doesn't happen in football the way it's happened in baseball. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that, and what's happened in baseball is, you know, they came back and back into baseball and suddenly the big thing is, you know, chicks dig the long ball, right? Yeah. It's strikeouts or home runs. That's all. Yeah. And it has made baseball boring. I did not watch one pitch of baseball this entire, including the postseason. I always watch playoff baseball, but I didn't this year. I watched a little bit, but still, I watched a couple games where I was just like, this is painful to sit around and watch. Yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about baseball. We got plenty of Steelers stuff to talk about. Before we get into what I really want to dive into this question of was it where I'm going to give my case for it. Anything else you want to say about let let's let's di- make sure we give enough time and dip into the Ben Roethlisberger topic? Okay, okay. What's you, your thought? You want me to get a start? So, okay this this game was totally Big Ben, and I'm starting to wonder if some of the you know now you could talk the week before about the drops from the receivers, but as the offense has started to go down. I'm starting to see things that make me think more and more that this has been. And teams have done their homework and they have picked up on his tendencies and he is not making an adjustment on it. He needs to. Okay. I can talk about a couple different plays that, and I know Jeffrey brought them up and I thought the same exact thing on the one. And it was on that. I think it was what's like second and two. He tried to throw it quick to Deontay and it got deflected. He was darn lucky it got deflected because it would have been intercepted. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Ben went away from the play that was called on his own because of what he was reading from the defense. He saw a cornerback playing eight, nine yards off. Okay. So he thought it would just stand up, quick throw to Deontay, make four or five yards, get the first down. What the Bengals did was they brought pressure from the corner off the, the, the defense's right side, the Steelers' left side, blitzed the corner. The play that was supposed to be run was to be a wide receiver screen to Juju. Out in front of Juju on this play was Vance McDonald and Big Al. If you watch this play take place, if Ben would have thrown the ball into the blitz, it was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The way the play was designed would have been a touchdown because there were two guys between Juju Smith-Schuster and the end zone and two blockers out in front ready to just demolish them in Vance McDonald and Big Al on two, you know, a safety in a corner. It was going to happen. What the Bengals did was they showed that they, they baited Ben into this. They showed yeah. I think they're beating Ben. I do. They I showed that guy backed off. Ben figures he's got soft coverage. But on the snap of the ball, the linebacker on that side sprints to a spot, figuring that's where Deontay was going to catch the ball. Yeah. And if that ball gets through and doesn't get tipped, he's right there stepping in front of Deontay and has and is intercepted the ball. You're bringing up a really good point because I've always said, like, when the Steelers play the Browns the first time and people are like, oh, Baker Mayfield might be dinged up. Oh, it could be Case Keenum, uh, Brian Anthony Davis's guy. I'm like, I hope it's not because the Steelers know the defense. I mean, Mick, Mick and Fitzpatrick, and he did it right off the bat. They know how to trick Baker Mayfield into, into doing what they want him to do. Now, Baker might be better than that now. He might have evolved this season, but you know who who I would say has regressed into that. It's There's bad. so much film out there is one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. They know if you give him this look, he's going to try to do this. So let's give him the look and jump on what we know he's going to do. Yes. I mean, they're like, why? I'm, I'm going to come back to this. Why in the world is Ben throwing into triple coverage? Because... It's just like, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin. Was it Kevin? It might have been Jeffrey. They both do such a great job of breakdown. Sometimes they get their stuff mixed up. They talked about um, the, the the horrible, terrible, no good RPO. Uh, I think that was Jeffrey. Um, that, that when the Steelers were doing the run pass option, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't run the option based on what happens during the play. He only does it based on a pre-snap read. So yes. what they're doing pre-snap he predetermines if he's going to run or pass. So therefore, teams would then say, well, let's show him this because we know he will read it this way and he'll decide on this and we'll cover it. They're, that's what they're doing on all the passes now. Yes. They're saying, oh, they're in this formation. We know Ben's going to go to this. We Let's show him this so that way we can jump on that. That's what I'm seeing. And the, that's what the, you said. And I think that sums up everything that's going on with Ben. The second one, which the which actually was the first one that I saw and Jeffrey brought up and pointed out, was the Juju Smith-Schuster fumble play. Uh-huh. Okay. 
when the Steelers go to that formation, teams have, have learned that he loves to throw the drag route to Juju. And isn't that the right. one where Claypool was running wide open for a first down? The guy that caused the fumble was the guy who was to be covering Chase Claypool. Yeah. But because of the formation, they knew what they liked to throw from to Juju. As soon as Ben planted, he left Chase Claypool, ran at Juju. Juju catches the ball. He lights him up and causes the fumble. Yeah. That was I, I wasn't thrilled Juju fumbled it, but it wasn't even the guy guarding Juju that caused the fumble. Yeah. The guy that caused the fumble was the guy that was guarding Claypool. Yeah. But he knew he could break off a Claypool and come after Juju because in that formation, Ben prefers to throw the drag route. It seems like Ben Roethlisberger is ben holds trusting. Ball, yeah, go ahead. If he holds that ball that much longer yeah. and sees that guy doing that, Nice little pass down the middle to to Chase Claypool, and he's probably still running now. I don't think he's seeing it. I really don't. I think Ben Roethlisberger is making up his mind what he's doing based on pre-snap. And prime example of this. uh, I know we got a super chat. I'm going to get to it here in a second. Prime example of this was there was the play. It was the – was it the fourth? It might have been the fourth and ten play at the the end of the game. Yes. They're out there. The Bengals call timeout. The Bengals huddle up and everything. The Steelers don't really even huddle up much. They might have for a little bit. They break, come back to the line in the exact same formation. The referee has blown the blown the play in. The, there's no one standing in the way. The Bengals are all kind of huddled and standing around. The Steelers could have snapped the ball right then with them not paying one bit of attention and run the play. But that's not Ben Roethlisberger. He specifically wants to see what the defense is going to do to dissect it because he thinks he can break it down. And that's always been the case for Ben, or or most often been the case for Ben. But teams know that he's not adjusting to what they're doing during play. It's all based on the pre-snap. So therefore, they are show, they are showing one thing pre-snap, getting him to decide that that's going to be where I'm going to need to go, and he's not adjusting on the fly. And that's and it's because it's the quick timing thing. Because it's so quick timing, he's making the decision before the ball was in his hand. That's mm-hmm. what he's doing. The decision yes, of where totally he's going right. is before the ball was in his hand. And therefore, the defense knows if we show this, they're going to do this, so we're going to stop it. And yep. the Bengals, why not sell out to it? Like the guy, they, how many times did they let Chase Claypool run wide open? Because they knew that's not where Ben was going to look based I on saw the at least, I saw at least three. And I mean that. I mean, you're thinking all he has to do is hit him one time. There's a touchdown. But they they would rather take – I mean, they were 2-10-1 coming into the game. They're going to take the. They're going to take the chance. Why not take the chance of saying we're going to do it? We, we're going to do it until Ben oh, shows us he's adjusted to it. Oh, dog! And ben never showed that he, he did. Being an old never dog. Happened. So therefore, because of he's being the old dog, they're going to take advantage of the old dog mentality. Here, I got to get this before I lose. Yep, it. I got it. Oh, you got it. it. Thank you. Steve-O, $5 in the tip jar. Thank you very much, Steve-O. He said, I didn't understand as to why the defense didn't commit to the run when they see Finley couldn't throw the ball down the field. That is a great question. 
That is a great question. Rich, what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts are we were we wanted to, but we didn't have the inside linebackers that could make it happen. I think you're right. I think they got exposed of not having the inside linebackers. I still think even though he got a sack, he basically cleaned it up as Finley tried to tried to break the pocket and couldn't. Stefan Tuitt was kind of kind of disappearing. Again. Kind of disappearing last night. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I put him in our X Factor article. I picked him as the X Factor needing to step up after not being seen the week before, and he didn't. You know, so um, here's Tuitt here's another one. There wasn't one in Tuitt between. Tuitt Tuitt didn't play well. Um, Mar- Marcus Allen, I'm sorry, having to play middle linebacker is a bit undersized. And that would have been a totally different game if you'd had Avery Williamson lined up with Vince Williams. Yeah. Or, I mean, or even bet. I mean, what, or even Avery Williamson with Robert Spillane. Right. Let exactly. alone Devin Bush. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. Yeah, I mean that's just that's the hand they're they're dealt. Um, I yep. I please I hope I didn't miss a super chat in between the one you clicked on and this one. I don't I, think I don't think you did. Okay, I mean, so this is Mr. this is a Mr. Steelers five dollars in the tip jar. Thank you very much. Which is funny because last night we got we we had a whoa where'd oh, that go? Sorry, um, sorry about a, that. Um, we we had a ninety nine dollar ninety nine dollar ninety nine cent super chat. And oh my I'm gosh, like, wow, I, I, was I like, almost what? wanted to say something to Mrs. and Mr. Steelers. I think they put so many $10 tips in there. I they passed it. So I just know. want to say thank you very much for that. They said, just thinking, do you guys think the fear of getting hurt is what is truly motivating Ben, not extending plays, read post-snap? I don't know if it's the yeah. fear of being hurt or if he knows the knows the limitations of his own offensive line. I, I, I think that's what it is. He, he doesn't want to get hit. He wants to avoid getting hit as much as possible because he knows he needs to stay healthy. But he also realizes that his line is limited. He he knows what he can count on them for and what he can't count on them for. Exactly, exactly. I I think he could count on them a little longer than he does. Yeah. Just me. Also, yeah, he has to be smarter. There was another one of Jeffrey's breakdowns, and I and when I looked at it, I was like, "What the heck is he doing?" Ben Roethlisberger sat back there, and it might have been on in that last four play drive. Yeah, you know, sits back in shotgun, takes the snap, and proceeded to drop seven steps from shotgun. Mm-hmm. Then ends up pressured. Well, of course you're going to be pressured because when you drop that deep, you've given the end the angle on your tackle. Yeah, they, exactly. They broke it down one time where Finley made the mistake. They're like, "Oh man, of course he got sacked on this one because he 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 faded back into the pass rush coming around the edge." You. Mm-hmm. That's why they say step into the pocket. That's why they're called edge rushers. They're coming around the edge. What's the lineman's job to drive them out wide? from someone who used to play left tackle before they moved me to right tackle because our running back couldn't run left, um, was, <laughs> sorry, um, that's the job whenever you were pass protecting. Your job wasn't to not let the guy pass you. Your job was to drive him so far wide he couldn't come back and make a play. So that was it. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to break down there with Big Ben. Um, I think – that really sums it up is that, and that's what teams are going to continue to do. So if the Steelers can identify this as the problem and say, Ben, 
actually look and see what the players are doing. You're smart enough. You've been doing this enough time. Don't just go off how they're lined up because guess what they're doing? They're showing you one thing. They're doing something else. And do you know who does that also? The Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yep. Okay. That's what yeah, teams are going to do. Starting to copy. Chances because they know that you are going to trust your read more than your 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 stationary read more than what's happening in motion on the field. Teams are starting to copy us so they can stop us. Yeah, yeah. So that's very interesting. So now you know, here's what's it, crazy now, though. Now, if you want to talk about a way to turn it around quick. You know, we've, we've talked during this streak about what does it take to get it turned around? If it's really turn, if it's really down to just offensively one player figuring stuff out, that could can be, be fixed. Out. Well, and see, that's the thing. And so many people were like, it's time for Mason Rudolph. Now, trust me, I was a big Mason Rudolph fan, especially pre-2019. And I would have been like, maybe it's time to see what Mason can do. If you look at what Mason Rudolph did in 2019, you know what he did? He didn't read defenses of what yep. they were doing, and they were tricking him into making throws. And he was afraid to throw the ball in, you know, in, you know, inside the numbers because of what the defenses were doing and things like that. Or, and though he wasn't getting the right we read, really asking him to read half the field. They were asking him to yeah. only read part of the field rather than the right. whole field. So it's yep. not like bringing Mason Rudolph in is going to be that much better. So the thing is, maybe a different. You know, it's funny because. It's not that Mason Rudolph couldn't be a decent NFL quarterback. I don't know that he can in this system. You know, is it a system thing? I don't know if it's a system thing. I don't know if you have to have the right quarterback in order to do it, and Ben just can't anymore. I don't know. All I know is that it almost feels like what what happened with Dick LeBeau's defense. It was so great for so long until they had to, offenses had to break it down figured out the tendencies and exploited them. That's yeah. what happened with Dick LeBeau's defense. That's why offenses, defenses in the NFL, in today's game, they have to constantly evolve. And that's why hearing Coach Tomlin say, we just need to keep doing what we do, but do it better. That's not working. That's not what 31 other teams or Maybe I should, maybe, maybe some of them are. Maybe I should say that's not what the top tier teams in the NFL were doing. They are making, making adjustments, making adjustments, making adjustments because that's the game. And if you're not going to do that, you have a problem. We've got to take our break here. If we, we still haven't even, I still haven't even made my case because we had so much to talk about. We really got into some good discussion there. Um, we're going to make the case that this was the worst loss in Steelers history. At least I'm going to make that case. So if you're on the audio side, go ahead and flip on over to part two. If you're with us on YouTube, if you're with us on Facebook, give us a few seconds and we'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.